Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I am Kyle Tucker of The Athletic as of this week. Uh, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, Curtis and I will be here every day, Monday through Friday, every week on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today we got some got some news to catch up on, Kyle. We had an awesome interview with Stu Mandel, your colleague at The Athletic, about Kentucky football and how they fit into the national perspective, Benny Snell, and all that stuff with the Heisman. So if you missed that, go back and listen to the podcast before that. But since we did that, we missed some, some news in the basketball world. Some of it's Kentucky-specific. Some of it's kind of broad. Also, we, I'm going to try to get to some uh, football and what I heard after practice yesterday. And finally, also, John Calipari had some tweets. And anytime John Calipari tweets, that's very noteworthy. So we got to mention that as well. But I wanted to start with the recruiting news, Kyle. Uh, Scotty Lewis commits to Florida. If we would have had this discussion, what, three weeks ago, this would have surprised nobody. But the recruiting momentum kind of swung to Kentucky a little bit. And this is maybe it's not a surprise in any in any way, shape or form. But it still might be a little disappointing to Kentucky fans and the Kentucky staff because they really thought they had a chance at this guy who would have been the perfect glue guy for next year's Kentucky team. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Um, he, we talked before; he's not a, not a huge scorer, not a great scorer, but he's just a, an unbelievable defender and energy guy. Um, and he would have been—he's the kind of guy who's on, who on a loaded team is a, is a terrific piece because he doesn't feel the pressure to or need to be uh, the man uh, in an offensive way. He can just kind of carve out his role and do what he does really well. And I would have enjoyed seeing what that looked like here at Kentucky. But, um, you know, it, it seemed like they'd made a push. I think if we'd even talked about this two days ago, you and I, we would have felt like Kentucky was in a pretty good uh, position. And he'd post a couple pictures on social media of him in Kentucky gear and got people all excited. And there was some buzz about how he felt about his visit to Kentucky, which started to turn some opinions on where he was going to end up, but it's a great get for Florida. I think they have three top 50 guys signed in the 2019 class and, and the sec continues to load up. I mean, it's been a few years now um, and it just keeps going. I mean, um, kind of across the board, Tennessee got a five star just what a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, be, you know, be, Auburn. Uh, kind of a Duke's a guy that was a Duke lean and then he went to Tennessee, not lean. I shouldn't say in the eyes of a lot of experts, many he thought he would go to Duke and he ends up at Tennessee. Yeah, I mean that that's that's what's been happening in this league. I mean, you've seen basically everybody go dip into the to five star McDonald's, McDonald's All American pool and, and grab somebody. Uh, Arkansas has, Vanderbilt has, Mississippi State has, all in the last two or three years. Tennessee, Georgia, kind of across the board. LSU has had the number one player. Uh, didn't do much with him, but that that coaching change has I think made a big difference there. The league is is really really good. Um, it's, there's a couple things, three things, probably there's a commitment to it and facilities pretty much across the league. Now there's great coaches in the league. Uh, and these guys are recruiting like crazy. And I mean, that's probably the number one thing, like get talent. I mean, John Calipari talks about it all the time. You can wish and wish for more veteran guys, but he'll take the more talented young guy all day. And, And a lot of other teams in the country and in the conference are, are, I think now following that pattern. That is Mike White's third top 35 commitment. 
in the 2019 class, and I believe he moved up to fourth overall, Florida did, in the rankings, so he's bringing in a ton of talent like the rest of the SEC. Oscar Schwebe, we mentioned earlier this week, was also on a visit to Kentucky last weekend. His visit was a little bit kind of skewed, not the normal weekend visit. He came in on Saturday, left on Monday. Um, the Catspaws had an interview with his travel coach, some facts that came out. He got to go to the football game Saturday. There was some discussion of when he would get in Saturday, so he got to see that environment. That can't necessarily hurt you in recruiting. Um, he got to go to practice a couple times and actually got to go to a class on Monday, apparently. So he got kind of the full college environment. Of course, like you always hear on these things, Kyle, he enjoyed his visit. There, yes. there wasn't a, a ton of depth gone in by his travel coach and probably not his place to kind of see that say that there but the crystal ball has I think it was 80 or 90 percent still for West Virginia I think a lot of people feel really good about his recruitment yeah I it's it's that has been the trend of course we were I guess a little bit wrong on on Scotty Lewis uh but that has been the trend that's been all the buzz um in Shwebe's uh recruitment is that Kentucky has made a, a huge push uh has made him a priority uh the Calipari the Calipari battle with West Virginia and his uh, sort of longtime nemesis and and or friend uh, on the recruiting trail will be really interesting. But it's, I think he still seems like the most likely guy to be next if you're looking at who's who's next to commit to Kentucky. Yeah, and, and to your point on that, he will be taking Schwebe will take a visit to Morgantown this weekend, and the travel coach said that. He'll probably make a decision a week or so, a week or two after that visit wraps up. So this recruitment sounds like it's going to wrap up pretty soon. So to your point, Kyle, that's, that probably is the most likely one. The other guy who made the visit this weekend was Isaiah Stewart. We mentioned on the podcast that Evan Daniels had logged a crystal ball prediction for Kentucky. Evan has since switched that to foggy, which means he, he doesn't really know. <laughs> All and, right. And, um, I kind of looked at that crystal ball index, and I think we said it on the podcast that Kentucky led. Well, after Evan changed his pick, I think a lot of people probably changed theirs as well because it fell, and Duke is now back at the lead with 38%. They lead over Kentucky by a little bit, but there's a ton of undecided. So it sounds like his commitment isn't coming particularly anytime soon, and it's still going to be a battle when a lot of people thought Kentucky had a great chance with him. Yeah, I mean, when the when the, when the the leader the leader in the crystal ball is at 38%. I'd say there's quite a bit of mystery about him. That's not a high degree of confidence. Uh, usually when a guy's kind of locked into some place, that number is much higher. And they're sometimes wrong. I mean, look, Kevin Knox, I think everybody, I think nobody had Kentucky picked for Kevin Knox on the day that he made a surprise commitment on Derby Day. So sometimes they're wrong, but I, I think in his case, I, mean, I don't know that anybody's wrong. I don't, don't know that anybody really knows. It sounds like he's keeping it kind of close to the vest. But uh, a terrific player. I think it's... Smart that Kentucky uh, threw its hat in the ring for him. You wonder if it's too little, too late, even as they've tried to really impress him. But we'll see. I mean, they, they're they going to keep, I think, casting this wide net on big guys and, and hope to get at least a couple. They're going to need at least that many. And, and if they don't get that many, there's going to be uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys who have really talented seniors who've already graduated in college basketball, big men, uh, really worried about uh, Calipari coming to steal their guy. Well, and to that point, that you, I don't know if you meant to do this. You probably didn't because I didn't tell you I was going to talk about this. But Adam Zagoria of Zags Blogs uh, tweeted out yesterday that Chris Mullen was in to see Aiden Igahan and um, 
I believe he said Tony Barbie, but someone from Kentucky will be seeing Iggy Hahn today as we're recording on Wednesday, and then Oregon will be on this weekend. So that's goes to your point about the wider net, and this has kind of been a a situation where there's been a lot of back and forth. Does he have an offer? Does he not have an offer? Is right. he a Louisville lean? Is Kentucky really going to throw their hat all the way in the ring? Uh, this is a recruitment that's going to be kind of interesting to keep following. Yeah, and I wonder too. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's you know to this level of petty. I don't even know if petty is the right word. But does Calipari want to risk the perception of losing a head-to-head battle with with Chris Mack and Louisville right now this early on a guy that you know maybe he's not sold on anyway, and that I think the the tea leaves right now seem to lean Louisville's way. They, Iggy Hahn was there on their campus was at the uh, downtown event they had the other night that looked really cool. They had a, an, an out, outdoor event where they set up a court uh, on 4th Street, for I think the 4th Street Live area, and had players doing dunk contests and shooting and stuff like that. And they had a, a guy put on a throwback jersey, dunk over one of, the, one of the assistants, and looked like a really, really cool atmosphere. There were a lot of people there. Chris Mack had people fired up. He had some throwback starter gear on. I would imagine as a recruit, that was a cool looking event. And a guy uh, like Iggy Hahn, who, you know, I think this, this whole world is a little bit new to him and he's kind of blown up as a recruit. I, 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 Kentucky hasn't done any of those things for him yet. So you wonder if it's too little too late. And if it is, would Kentucky even, like I said, would they even risk sort of the PR hit of Kentucky lost to Louisville in a battle or, or even just give them the, Louisville the satisfaction of saying, Hey, uh, our new guy beat your guy. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's one of those things, as we're talking about all those big guys we mentioned earlier, Schwebe and, and Stewart, and obviously Kentucky's still in on Vernon Carey and James Wiseman, but uh, we just kind of just walked through a scenario where if Schwebe picks West Virginia and Stewart goes with Duke, if those two things happen, Kentucky still needs some bigs, and that's why I think they're most likely probably still staying in touch with Aiden Igahan. All right, we're going to talk about the national college basketball scandal. It's not just college basketball, it's basketball overall here in a second. But first, I did want to let you guys know real quick about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is a top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for a seat in a section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The thing that has been interesting to me about this trial that is now going on up in New York, and you know, I'm going to quote some names that have been thrown out. If you want to, the people I've been, been following along with that I know are up there, Dan Wetchell, Adam Zagoria, and Jeff Barzello, so that's where I'm getting all this information, mainly from their Twitter accounts, so you could go check it out for yourself firsthand. But the names that are coming out, Kyle, and specifically names that are going to be in college basketball this season, like Nasir Little, Zion Williamson, 
I mean, it's not really fair. The names are out there. They're going to have kind of a black mark against their name before they even step foot on a college court. Yeah, and you know there were several guys who went through that last year. You know, Kevin Knox had to deal with that in the middle of the season, and and uh, some other guys did as well. And you know, it's hard to know. You know, did these kids do anything wrong? Did people around them do something wrong? Did nobody do anything wrong? I mean, uh, if you want to just debate, like even the morality of some of this stuff, is it is any of it really wrong, or is it just against NCAA rules, which are archaic and uh, sort of oppressive? It, it, I do think it's kind of a, a sad thing. That the that a bunch of teenagers who've you know not even started college basically are getting kind of dragged through the mud, but you know this thing is this is this scandal when it broke a year ago is what it sort of promised to do to drag everybody through the mud and uh, be an ugly long festering wound I think for college basketball and who knows you know who knows how long uh, before that thing heals up. Yeah, Jim Gatto's attorney it, he basically made it evident that the plan is to show that college basketball is corrupt and they break their own rules willingly. So what the the people who were charged with uh, wire fraud was, I believe the the charge that was it ended up being on the books, is that you know that that doesn't hold any weight because for it to be fraud, you had to commit fraud against the university, and there was nothing like that happening because college basketball and college athletics were in on it. That's kind of their their baseline thing, which. I mean, standing at it from kind of way far away, I can see it. It makes sense. That argument I, I would understand. And how can you how can you uh, commit fraud against somebody when they're involved in in the process? Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that argument was sort of bizarre. <laughs> that uh, who who are the victims here? It, it, it seems misplaced to me, um, and sort of uh, sort of like a farce. I mean. I, Yes, rules have been broken here. Uh, the question to me is: Really, have laws been broken? Have any real laws been broken? Anything that is is worth the Federal uh, Bureau of Investigation, you know, spending three years to track down? Is this just all a big PR bump? It, it, it makes for a great press conference, and it gets a lot of headlines, and, and people are going to cheer you on for taking down the, the boogeyman uh, of this what is perceived as a slimy college basketball world, and parts of it are slimy. But, uh, I, I, again, I sort of think the whole thing is a little bit uh, of a, a dog and pony show. Yeah, and the the thing that has kind of been coming out, the, one of the new schools involved is Oregon, and according to the attorney's, Oregon offered an astronomical amount of money to recruit Brian Bowen. And what? It, what? Why, Brian? I don't. What? What's amazing to me is all these people offering all this money to Brian Bowen. And I'm not trying to insult the kid, but like, wh- why Brian Bowen? Why? I mean, is he the only guy that they could get anything on? I mean, is that why he's tied to everything in this case? I mean, it feels like it is. It feels like they latched on to one player. And now everything, everything about this thing keeps kind of bouncing back to him, which is like, talk about unfair to a kid. Yeah, um, it's kind of ridiculous. Like Brian Bowen. Uh, okay, fine. If Oregon's paying astronomical amounts of money to Brian Bowen, then I believe everybody's getting paid something, and the top guys are getting really paid because I mean Brian Bowen. Everybody in the country is trying to pay, give Brian Bowen a dump truck full of cash. I don't get it. When you remember back, he was the last big time guy out there, kinda. So I yeah, scarcity in economics one oh one here, Kyle. I'm gonna get to teach you a little bit. Supply and demand. <laughs> <laughs> the supply no, 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just like, you know, the way we cover people. If the last guy standing just gets so much hype because yeah. it's like if you wait long enough and you're the only five-star on the market, everybody's going to hype you up. Now, I, I get that part of it, and I guess that's probably true in the in the buying players market if you're the last good one left. But it's it's so strange to me that of all the names that could have been the one to take down college basketball, all the, you know, star-studded lists of high school recruits, Brian Bowen is the guy. It's uh, not what I would have projected, predicted. Yeah, so the way they're framing it is that the $100,000 that he was and his family was given to attend Louisville was to, quote-unquote, level the playing field. And the, the kind of, like, details of it where it said, let's see who said this, Munish Saad said today in court that he handed Brian Bowen Sr. $19,400 in cash to ensure that he would go to Louisville, and that was, he knew exactly where it was. It was in a parking lot in New Jersey, and it was on July 13th of 2017. That is very specific. <laughs> that is very specific. And also, like, reads like a, like a rejected script from a, uh, you know, a, a, an HBO yes. uh, hoop. hoop uh docu series it's it's the uh, um it's it's like know, drama dramatized fake documentary like let's meet in a parking garage in New Jersey and I'll give you nineteen thousand three hundred and seventy two dollars and a happy meal i mean what a strange and what a what a strange strange world it is and it, it's like the the people who created bowlers are like, hey, let's get a college basketball series going. Oh, wait, we don't even have to write a script. We're just going to go take the transcript from this court case up there and, and get it going. Yeah, it's th- this thing is, is certainly, if nothing else, and you know, these are people's lives, and so I don't want to make light of it, and people are staring down jail time and excommunication from the profession. So that is all very serious, and these kids, as we said, are getting dragged through the mud. But from a from a person who has no no skin in the game, it has also been very entertaining in a way. Uh, just some of the twists and turns of these things, and you see some of the text messages and the the you know the things that uh, people are were caught on wiretaps allegedly saying, um, and then all the all the crazy denials and people you know people around it pretending like they had absolutely no idea and nothing to do with it uh, has been I think pretty pretty entertaining. The one thing where Kentucky's name came up, it was apparently from an FBI videotape of Merrill Code. And honestly, in, as it is in a lot of these situations, you doing some dishes there, Kyle? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I am doing some dishes. Um, I don't know what the heck this guy does, honestly. I couldn't find out what what it was, his, his actual title was, but he said, if I let my kid go to Kentucky, I promise you I won't get him back. I don't know if he means in the sense of Adidas or if he's trying to represent these kids, but that's the only thing that Kentucky has been mentioned so far, so not a ton to, I mean, it's in theory you should worry if you're John Calipari, if you're any college coach, uh, but it, that's the only time Kentucky's been brought up so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've come out relatively clean in this thing. I mean, obviously there was the Bam thing, uh, but that's not really a Kentucky issue. The accusation there and the Kevin Knox thing; those are not really things that the Kentucky staff has to worry about. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of people, obviously, the detractors would uh, would have projected that if the FBI conducted a very long investigation with wiretaps and all this other stuff and moles on the inside, that uh, that uh, 
Kentucky would have been one of the teams toppled in this whole thing. And, and I, I'm sure it has been of some surprise to people that they were not. But, uh, you know, I've always heard from, from folks I know close to the program that no one over there was getting uh, squeamish or, or squirrely or worried uh, even a year ago when all this kind of bombshell came out and it felt like, man, this thing's going to touch everybody. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I, we've, I think we've talked before about how I don't think anybody can really rest too easy because you just can't know there are so many people – uh, so many tentacles in the in the world of basketball reaching out towards your players and trying to get to your coaches and things like that. That uh, I, I don't think you can you can rest fully easy, but I, I think it has to be a good sign for Kentucky that for all of this stuff that has come out, they're still they've stayed relatively clean. All right, we're going to wrap with the Calipari tweet. I want to get Kyle's reaction to that, and then I'm going to read some comments to Kyle from the comment section on the iTunes because I mentioned one earlier this week, and I forgot to give it to Kyle, uh, but I'm going to give it to him here in a second. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Kyle, here is what John Calipari tweeted. Really proud of this team I'm coaching. They fight and battle in every possession on the court, yet off the court they are about each other. Today was two and a half hours of brutal, hand-to-hand, hard-nosed scrimmaging, half-court defense, a lot of shooting, and we went nonstop. At the end, we did a six-minute conditioning drill, and after it was all over, all looked at me and said, what's next? Could this be who we are daily? If it is, dot, dot, dot. John Calipari seems excited. Swaggy Cal continues. I mean, you know, that's all I've seen and heard. For, for months now is that the, the guy is just fired up because he's got a, a different kind of group. They're all really worker bees. They're all uh, sort of team focused. They're all bought in on defense. Uh, there's an unselfishness there and there's a work ethic of, you know, guys that just want to show up and get better and they want to be coached. And, you know, I think there's very, very clearly a lot more pep in his step this year versus this time, the last probably three seasons, uh, pre-seasons where he knew he had good talent, but he was going to face some uphill battles with some guys and with some things. I, I think he just feels really good about just about everything he's seen so far. far and uh, I think Kentucky fans can get excited about that because he obviously is. All right. So some comments on the podcast feed uh, real quick that, you know, we said we were going to read some real quick one from Owsley Al 44 says, love listening to Kyle and Curtis. Tell me, the UK sports scoop for the day on my way to work each day. Then Z awesome. Zebo Dog. This was after we read the other one. I hope he's joking because he said Chris and Kyle have great rapport and are fun to listen to, like the podcast. <laughs> if you miss the early oh, Chris, if you miss oh, the earlier Chris. podcast. Someone called me Chris in the comments section, but this is the one I wanted to give back to you, Kyle, because. I don't know who Dave LC23 is, but here is his comment. All these, I should mention, are five stars. And last I checked, we have 99 reviews, and we're still at the five-star level on the iTunes. So if you haven't already, please review and comment. And here it is. Kurt and Carl delivered timely and valuable information about UK sports. I have requested Apple supply more stars so I can rank the podcast higher. I don't remember my life before the Locked On Kentucky podcast, <laughs> and I don't want to remember. It was probably a bleak wasteland of an existence. Uh, I would love to know. That's got to be one of our friends. I don't know. But... Whoever Dave LC23 is, thanks so much for the review, man. We, we really, really appreciate it. I sent out a tweet about a mailbag. Didn't get a ton of responses, so we're going to roll it up and get some in next week when we do the next one. I also said we might talk some football. Didn't get to it today. We're going to do a full 
Football breakdown tomorrow, over-unders, preview Texas A&M, Kentucky, all that on the next edition of Locked on Kentucky. Until then, follow along on social media. Find Locked on Kentucky on Facebook or follow on Twitter at Locked on UK. Kyle, you're at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.